You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. Get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Spring practice in full swing. And now we get to shift the focus a little bit from the offense and now to the defense as we get to hear from Defensive coordinator, safety coach, Patrick Tony, for the first time since he's been in Gainesville. So, look, that's probably what we've heard from Billy Napier. We like hearing from Billy Napier, but it's been a while. All these staff members have been hired. We've been kind of waiting to hear from all these assistant coaches. And now with spring practice getting started, we get to hear from the assistant coaches and Patrick Tony, the defensive coordinator, the latest to be able to speak to the media. And the first time, of course, we get to hear from him. We also get to hear from Trey Dean. We also get to hear from Amari Bernie. So that's what this episode of Gators Breakdown will focus on, getting back to the fundamentals on defense. Before we get started, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It really helps us out. If you're watching that YouTube version, subscribe to the podcast version as well. However you get your podcast version, leave a comment. Leave it on Twitter. Leave it on the, in the YouTube comment section. Really, really you know, br- brings Gators Breakdown out there uh, for, mo- for more people to find us. You might, you might hear it, my voice. You might hear me sniffle a couple of times. Look, spring in Florida is right around the corner. It has an effect on me a little bit. So you might hear some springtime sniffles, but uh, we'll get through it right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. And look, you can find us, the home of Gators Breakdown, news4jacks.com slash Gators Breakdown. Patrick Tony, as I said, got the... Uh, speak to the media for the first time and, you know, really shed some light on the transition from Louisiana to Florida, getting involved with these players, getting a relationship with these players, but, you know, brings a a style of defense. We talked about it a couple weeks ago on Gators Breakdown, Will Miles and I, of uh, some of the differences, uh, a lot of the creepers and the simulated pressures and, you know, what Patrick Tony uh, will bring to the defense. But here he is talking about it on his style of defense that he's bringing and installing on the Gators this spring. 
first and foremost, uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, you know, I always say we want to make the same things look different and different things look the same. I think in today's game, right, the person you got to make the game hard on is the trigger man. All right, and you got to be able to disguise and make him decide post-snap what the coverage is, uh, where the strengths, weaknesses, where the, the coverage issues are. Uh, so, you know, philosophically, we're going to try and put in a defense that poses a lot of problems to the quarterback post-snap. But overall, you know, like, you know, football is a, a game that's made a lot more difficult than it needs to be. It's going to come down to taking on blocks, getting off blocks, tackling, creating takeaways, and playing good situational football for us defensively. And then as a coaching staff, you know, our number one goal, we're going to put our players in a sound concept. We're going to eliminate gray area, make it black and white so that they can play fast. Oh, man, play fast. That's music to our ears, right? We've seen this defense look really confused at times in the last couple of years, especially a couple of years ago in 2020. Didn't look so lost in 2021 except for when the team wanted to run the same counterplay over and over again. And then the uh, it wasn't really a pre-snap uh, looking lost. At them. I mean, of course, they were line, li- lining up wrong. You could uh, – they didn't really adjust there. Teams kind of knew that. Florida's linebackers out of position and, uh, a good bit there. Defensive line fitting in the wrong gaps, linebackers fitting in the wrong gaps. Uh, so you look all those things, all those sound elements of a defense. You hope those turn around. But as he said, you know they want to play faster. Make it black and white. Let these players know what they need to do, and they'll play faster. And that's you know part of the struggles that we've seen on defense are guys looking lost, not looking confident in this defense, and playing slow because of it. So hopefully. Part of this new defense is in installing it, making it easier, whether it be the terminology, whether it be the assignments, whether you're asking these players to do. Hopefully it's easier uh, on these players. But you know, he talked about making it difficult for the opposing quarterback. And I wanted to go back to something we discussed a couple of weeks ago when we did a whole lot of research on Patrick Tony getting ready for you know, letting you guys know what kind of defense he's bringing to the table here. And – I can listen to it was a podcast he was on, and I didn't have the note here of the of the podcast he was on. But you know, he did say the the added benefit of the presentation of the coverage looks drastically different to the opposing quarterback because different defenders are dropping into the underneath zone, and different rushers are coming. So while he says what is simple for us is difficult for the opposition. Uh, that term creepers that we brought up a couple weeks ago gives. He says it gives all 11 of your players a legitimate role as a rusher, makes all but the field corner a real threat on every snap. He says it's a key point to the defensive system because the illusion of pressure can be as productive as pressure in certain situations. Because look, a lot of times only bringing four. You just don't know which four. He says by rushing all of our 11 defenders at some point in the season – the offense has to legitimately account for each defender when they bluff or show pressure early on. In turn, this allows you to dictate protection in one area and rush from another. This wouldn't be possible if the offense was able to identify known rushers on your defense. And I love when he said this allows you to dictate protection because you guys have heard me say it before, especially on defense, on offense too, but especially on defense. Dictate, do not be dictated. It really starts up front, of course. And you can own the line of scrimmage on defense. Of course, you can dictate pretty much whatever you want to on defense. But you know, this goes into that. That front seven, if you can bring and disguise pressure, looks like it goes a long way here in Patrick Tony's defense. And he brings up an example. He goes, for example, if your free safety never rushes but shows pressure at some point, that isn't as threatening as if he had rushed 15 times in the previous six games. We use this principle when basing out of an odd front 
we're always looking for a way to create one-on-ones with running backs and linebackers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Florida linebackers didn't really there were plenty of one-on-one opportunities as well in that last defense didn't really work out too well for, for linebackers we saw them get run over uh, plenty of times taking wrong angles at a lot of times those wrong angles would allow them not to make a tackle lunging at feet not being anywhere near a tackle um, defenders being able to break tackles because of the lack of physicality as well so and you can create those opportunities Got to finish. We'll get into that too. Big fundamental, as we discussed a couple weeks ago, but to what Patrick Tony talked about getting back to. But, you know, there you go. Making it difficult for the quarterback, not necessarily knowing where the pressure is coming from. It'd be four guys a lot of the time, only four guys. But which four? Where are they coming from? Patrick Tony gave us more information uh, right there about that. So, of course, he was asked about the past couple years of defense. A turnaround needed on defense. Uh, he went into detail about that as well. I think our players are extremely eager. I think they're very football intelligent and they want to do things the right way. You know, the first thing that we got to do is play fundamentally sound defense. Right? Kind of like what I talked about earlier. We got to learn how to strike blockers. We got to learn how to shed. We got to learn how to leverage the football in pursuit and get the ball carrier on the ground. You know what I mean? Uh, defense is not as much about what you do. It's about how you do it. You know, I think if you look at the, the blueprint of SEC defense right now, it's a lot of guys that do very similar things. It's about the level of detail and precision and execution they're doing it with. So to me, the number one priority is how we're playing the game. You know what I mean? Those fundamental fundamental techniques that we got to get a lot better at, and then obviously that will drive the scheme. There we go. And look, I want to throw back up a graphic that I put up a couple of weeks ago. It was that triangle Patrick Tony in a coaching presentation that he threw up. And look, this is his teaching progression. You have the base of a defense and what you want to be able to do. You want to take away the football. You want to tackle. You want to destroy blocks. It says if you can't do those three things, then you can't be a successful defense. But to get there, you have to build up to those points and getting with the basics. And he says it starts with alignment. His tempo offenses are built to get defenses out of alignment. He says priority number one is to get proper alignment. How many times did we see that in the last couple of years of just being, as I said, out of alignment? Part of that goes to the next one, knowing your assignment. What is defender's job in that specific defense? We saw too many times the last couple of years defenders looking at each other with their arms raised up in the air, looking at the sideline with their arms raised up in the air, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to do. And we'll get into that too. I think the staff will go a long way into that. As I said, looking to the sideline, asking what to do. We'll get into that point and how that can help too in just a second with something else Patrick Tony said. But it's going back up to this. And how do you, how do you create takeaways? How do you make sure you're in the right place to tackle? 
Starts with alignment. Starts with assignment. Reading your keys. You know, once you're aligned, once you know your assignment, tool is to get the job done. Primary key, secondary key. Primary is to focus, to tell a defender if the play is run or pass. Then the secondary will key will confirm the run or pass. It says technique is next, but Tony said that doesn't matter if you're not aligned, if you don't know your assignment, or if you ring the wrong, if you're reading the wrong key. So there we go. We talk about the fundamentals of defense. It's what this defense has lacked, and that's why the technique has looked bad. That's why guys have looked like they can't tackle, not in a position to make a tackle. The mental side comes first before any of the, the, the physical side comes, before the, the technique, before finishing the play. The last step there, how is the defender going to finish? It goes all the way back to that foundation. You go finish with a takeaway. You go finish tackle. You go destroy blocks to get there to finish. That's Patrick Tony's way of teaching progression, but starting with alignment, assignment, reading your keys before you even get to the physical part. Doesn't matter how talented you are if you don't know what to do and how to do it. So there we go. Kind of going back a, a couple weeks ago when we talked about Patrick Tony's defense, but you know him explaining it. This is the first time we get to hear him explain it as a Gator defensive coordinator. Good stuff there. Good stuff there from Patrick Tony. All right, so I mentioned the staff, how the staff can help the, these players too, and he goes into detail about how having so many staff members will help the players, will help the team. It's huge here, and, and Coach Napier always tell you it's to improve the quality of life of the assistant coach. And then the other thing, the other value it brings is there's really no stone un, left unturned. You know, when you talk about practice organization, I don't know if you guys were out there, there's a lot of moving parts, right? It takes a lot of people to get everyone going the right direction. And then, you know, when you talk about game prep, those guys are invaluable to me and the rest of the staff, you know, when we're studying the opponent. And what it really allows us to do is we can study the opponent year-round. You know, we spend probably more time than any staff I've been on uh, preparing for the next season right now. You know, we have people studying SEC East opponents. Uh, so that way we can begin spring football with the end in mind, right? Like we're looking at what we're installing, not to beat our offense, but what do we need to be competitive in this league this season based on what we have. And I think having that big infrastructure from a defensive standpoint specifically uh, allows us to prepare better for sure. I really like hearing that. He did go on to extend that thought and – how important it is for delegation and be able to trust the people you, you, know, you delegate assignments to and that everyone has a defined role. Many came from Louisiana to help hit the ground running. So that's where I know there was some worry about bringing some people from Louisiana, how many Billy Napier would bring. There's a lot of familiarity there and a familiarity to, to be able to hit the ground running, not a lot of guesswork in trying to figure out all the newness uh, of being a new staff at a new school. And I know a lot of people are gun shy because Dan Mullen basically brought his whole Mississippi State staff over. And Billy Napier didn't necessarily do all that. You know, he brought some pieces, known field staff, brought some new pieces uh, as well. Uh, but I think with support staff, you know, bringing in so many familiar faces is really, really going to help. And I loved him bringing up, hey, look, we're already concentrating on SEC East opponents. We're already concentrating on the opponents that we're going to see 
week in and week out. It really it, it goes a long way in helping us. And that's why I'm kind of going back to my point about all the confusion and all the uh, wondering what to do when you're on the field for these defensive players. Well, hopefully you get a head start like this. And look, this last staff did it to, to uh, some degree as well. But now you hope with a bigger staff and uh, a staff you trust because you know a lot of these staff members that, okay, there's not a lot of guesswork that's going to be happening now. You know what to go out there and do because of this army of staff did their job. So many people doing their job. And I think, you know, you, you work with the people that you've worked for. There's a, a trust there. I'm sure Billy Napier and his staff members had plenty of meetings. Okay, who do we want to bring? Who do we trust to already bring over here that we can hit the ground running, take out a lot of the guesswork, and let that translate to the players? And, look, I hope it also, to me, when I heard, okay, we're, 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 we're preparing for Kentucky. We're preparing for Georgia. We're preparing for South Carolina. We're preparing for all these SEC East teams that we're going to play. Can it, can, it, can, it, can it translate to some faster starts on defense? How many times did we go out there, even when the good defenses in 18 and 19, before they completely fell off of, the, uh, of a cliff, did this defense just start off by giving up a, a, a touchdown, an easy drive early in the game, not looking prepared whatsoever, having to fight back from behind too many times? Hopefully this is another element on the defense of faster starts on defense and Florida's not having to play from behind and, you know, can dictate the game instead of having to play catch up or still, you know, having to just trade scores early on in the game. You know, always go back to the Alabama game last year and get down 21 to nothing. Uh, you know, just some faster starts, all the slow start versus Georgia the last few years uh, as well. Hopefully bringing this army of support staff, all the familiarity takes out all the guesswork and you can hit the ground running on the first couple of drives of a game as well and not get yourself down. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Now, the next one, you know, you guys know I could not leave out. It's uh, very, very relatable to uh, what was uh, kind of went on toward the end of last year. Uh, but Patrick Tony on recruiting. I think we all are recruiting junkies. I think you have to be, you know, um, I would say I'm more of a, I like developing relationships with the people. You know, I think the two things that draw me to this profession is number one, the schematics. Uh, you know, I like the tactical aspect of the game and then I like the relationships with the players, you know, current players and then the players that we bring into the building. Uh, and I think that's what draws me to it, you know, and I think it's fun, uh, you know, as competitive as game day is, recruiting is just as much competitive, you know, and if you're a competitor, you got 365 days to compete, you know, at a high level when you do this job in recruiting. So I think that's what makes it fun. Do I need to say any more? Do, do I even need to expound on that thought there? <laughs> I, probably not. Probably not. But you guys know uh, kind of the storyline there with asking Mullen about recruiting after the Georgia game and recruiting season. Was that taken out of context? Absolutely. But it, Problem is, it fit the narrative of the way the last staff recruited. Uh, so you hear something like this, and it is music to your ears of 365 days of recruiting. And we're not taking a day off. And we like creating relationships. We like recruiting. We're recruiting junkies. Man. I mean, that's uh, 
hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, granted, it is different. We we feel different about recruiting. Eventually, is it going to have to pay off? Absolutely, it is. You know, Florida's while spring practice is going on is hosting recruits as well, big name recruits. We'll get into that later this episode as well. But you know, just because it's different doesn't necessarily mean it's going to pay off. We do need to see it pay off, but we also can agree at the same time it is different. We think it will pay off. You're getting big names on campus. All these guys are saying the right things about the staff, but it does feel different. You can see a different approach. You can feel a different approach here as far as recruiting goes for Florida. And everything that Patrick Tony just said right there should make us feel pretty good about the direction of the most important part of college football roster building, and that's recruiting. So, man, excited there. Glad we got to hear from Patrick Tony. That was one I was definitely uh, looking forward to right there uh, and being able to hear from him for the first time uh, and let him explain what's going on with defense for Florida. So while we got to hear from Patrick Tony, I also got to hear from some veterans uh, of this Florida defense, Amari Bernie, Trey Dean. Let's hear from those guys uh, right now on those guys coming back this season Starting with Amari Bernie and then Trey Dean. Yeah, I graduated in December. Uh, family proud of me. Uh, it wasn't nothing to it. I'm very loyal. When I make a decision, like when I first um, got recruited, Coach McElwain got fired and Coach uh, Mullen became a coach. Uh, then Sway, note that he called me, uh, told him that he wanted me, so I stayed. Coach Billy Napier did the same thing. When he first got here, sat down with me, asked me what was my decision on it, told him, uh, man, I signed them papers, I'm here. So I'm going to give y'all a chance. Well, first, you know, um, it was no doubt in my mind that uh, Scott Strickland was going to make the right decision and hire the new coach. Um, I really, you know, um, first of all, just trusted in God. And um, they hired Coach Napier. And I knew Coach Napier was going to hire the right staff and the right people around um, around me to help me become a better person. And um, after I found found out the different pieces he added to his staff, it was um, – I prayed about it. And then it was uh, – I know I, a lot of people say um, – that I shouldn't have came back. Um, you know, a lot of people don't have a chance to go to the NFL, but what Coach Napier is um, bringing to, you know, University of Florida is going to be something special. Oh, I knew a lot about him. You know, his resume speaks for itself. You know, he's a great guy. When they was doing all the coaching, I really, really hoping they was going to get being there. I hope he was going to choose us as well. We choose him. And I knew Scott Strickland was going to pick the right guy. And I feel like Billy Napier is a great fit. And I think everybody will see in the fall. There we go. Those guys coming back. And, look, I know we've had a discussion on Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. It's been out there in social media. It's been there in the, in the YouTube chats as well uh, about a player like Trey Dean coming back and a player like Amari Bernie coming back. And because of, you know, the lack of production you know, the last couple of years and somewhat excusable because of what we've seen on the defensive side from a coaching perspective, a, a lack of coaching on, on that side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, those guys, you know, could they have performed better? Absolutely. Trading, been bounced around uh, in the secondary, finally found a home last year as a safety, his most natural position dating back to his high school days. But, okay, switching to that position, and then we know the failures of the last half, especially in 2020, 2021, uh, and then eventually Todd Grantham being fired there. So how much are we going to put on the players? How much are we going to put on the coaches? You know, Amari Bernie also uh, kind of been moved around a, a bit in his career as well. I think when we, he came in, we thought, you know, safety, nickel, um, that, that nickel star role. 
uh, therefore Mari Bernie eventually finds a home at linebacker and just has never really translated uh, into a consistent playmaker at the linebacker position. You know, highly regarded, highly recruited uh, player has seemed like he's had trouble finding the role as well in this Gator defense. Has found a home at linebacker, but hasn't necessarily been able to you know, play up at an elite level or a high level consistently at, at linebacker there for Amari Bernie. But I do bring up, you know, these guys, these coaching staff decided you know, to talk to these guys, bring these guys back. You heard about the meetings they had. Guys need to come back. And I always want to go back. And maybe I'm trying to connect a dot here, but there's one reason I say not give up on these players. Not get, don't give up on these players for improvement. Don't give up on these players for becoming big-time contributors one more time at, at the University of Florida. And I always go back to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and that transition from 2017 to 2018. In 2017, Jim McElwain's last year, Randy Shannon, defensive coordinator, and everything that's happening with that you know, crazy of a season, the defense fell off. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson played pretty well the season before that. Which is more of a safety role in 2017 and really struggled, struggled tackling, struggled out of position. And nobody was really looking forward to him in 2018 as becoming this big time contributor. Thought he'd be more of a liability on defense. And they found a home for him at that nickel star role. Chauncey Gardner Johnson becomes one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team in, in 2018. And in his career on a high note in the Peach Bowl versus Michigan, goes on to have a really good career in the NFL as well. A lot of it had to do with that 2018 season. And him finding a role and the staff finding him a role. And we talk about how bad the defense was the last couple of years. They were good defenses. I mean, we can always pinpoint to, to certain games where we wanted to see that defense play better. But in a bounce back from 2017 to 2018 and needing players to step up, Chauncey Gardner Johnson was the player that was written off and really performed with a new staff in 2018. So can we get the same thing from trading? Can we get the same thing for Amari Bernie? The staff seems to think so, and talking to these guys into coming back and playing for Florida one more time. So, so this is something to look out for. You know, I'm not saying it happens. I mean, I'm just saying it's, it, it's very possible it can happen, especially for a player like trading and, and Patrick Tony, that safety room being his baby there, you can best bet that you know, Pat, Patrick Tony trading is going to have a really good relationship. You can best bet Patrick Tony's not going to put somebody back there who's a liability. Now, hopefully not everybody's a liability, and he has a choice to put somebody back there that he can really rely on. But I'm not ready to give up on these guys yet. And I always go back to that Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And maybe, I'm like I said, trying to connect too many dots there, maybe orange and blue glasses, maybe a little bit of hope there. But that does show us that it can happen. And let's try and replicate whatever Chauncey Gardner-Johnson did to Todd Grantham and, and that defense trying to do the same thing with some of these players right here, specifically a trading and specifically Amari Bernie players that have played a lot of football, maybe not play at the level we want them to, but one more go around and those guys can live up to that reputation. All right. Also I have to talk a, a little bit more to those guys and more, but those guys really wanted to dive into the culture and the culture of structure. You're going to hear that word a good bit and accountability from these players. And uh, you can really tell, and you know, look, we've talked to trading on, on some of those Gator collective spaces and, you know, he's brought that to, to attention as well, but really, really goes into detail here. So one more time, starting with Amari Bernie, and then you'll hear from trading about the structure and accountability under Billy Napier. Everything is strategic. Everything we do to waking up in the morning and coming to the breakfast, 
us going to lunch every day. Um, he just wants you up and moving. He don't want you to be um, tired during the day. He don't want you laying down. Get up moving. And all the coaches is buying in and all the players buying in. Everything is planned out. Um, when he first got here, he had us write down the schedule, everything we do. You meet with the coaches, uh, the life coaches, and they critique your schedule so that you can be the best player you can be. Structure. Biggest thing, structure. You know, um, we're going to be a structured team. Uh, we're going to be a disciplined team. So, you know, if, if somebody was to beat us, God forbid, it's going to be because they just straight up beat us, not we beat ourselves. Well, you know, when you got to wake up every day, you know, everything's mandatory. It helps us to become, have a, create a routine. Then once you create a routine, you end up doing a routine every day. It helps you become a better pl uh, player on and off the field, from nutrition to all the people you hire and the staff. Everything we do, stretching, running, is top of the line. You know, it's always going to be intense. And like I said, it's going to be structure. So, like, oh, he's preaching a lot of discipline. Only going to be okay if you, go to, if you don't go to class or you're going to have a consequence. Well, shoot, if you don't, if you don't take this one-inch step, it's going to be a consequence or it's going to be a gap open. So, just like that, discipline going to be discipline on and off the field. Love hearing that detail on discipline. He's even, you know, Drake Dean brings it from off the field to on the field, talking about if you, are, if you don't go to class, you're not playing. Uh, if you don't, if you miss that one inch step, if you go step in the wrong direction, it may seem like a small move, but the accountability, the the dedication, the discipline it takes to do the little things right, that'll go a long way. And that's what Florida Florida missed the little things so much the last couple of years. You know, things that were able to make a difference in Dan Mullen's first couple of years were lacking in 2020. Were lacking in 2021. Players not going to class. Players showing up late for meetings. Players showing up late, not showing up for practice as well. And got away with it. Really got away with it. Very, very little accountability the last couple of years. That's that's not happening now. I mean, if there's one thing we can say is definitely changing uh, under the new regime, that is one of them accountability and I love the whole breakfast idea you know getting up making these players get out of bed maybe earlier than they want to we were a lot of us went to college and we know how hard it is to go out there and, and wake up morning after morning but building camaraderie with the staff with the fellow with their fellow players you know I think uh, uh I heard you know they mix it up too where players especially in the locker room as well but I'm, I'm, I can imagine it's probably the same for breakfast as well and every morning building that camaraderie is you're not with your position group, you know, in the locker room, everybody's lockers are random and you're with different position groups of the team. And this breakfast is not about football. You staff, the staff is learning about the player, the player's family, players, hobbies, what they like to do, vice versa. Players are learning about the, the, the staff members. And it's not about football. It's not about, it's building relationships there and a lot of accountability make, Make one another care for each other. You know, what, what's the easiest way for somebody to go play for somebody out there on the field? Make, make them care about them. Make them care about them. Learn, learn, about, learn about their background. Learn about who they are. I think that goes a long way, too. And that's part of the culture that I remember hearing about, you know, Billy Napier's culture at Louisiana is you want to go play for your teammates. You build relationships with these guys. It's not just going out there and playing football and looking out for yourself. You got to go out there and be a team. And the only way you're going to be a team is go out and care about each other. And that's what they're trying to build here, early parts of Billy Napier and the accountability and the, the dependability uh, and go do what you have to do. And if you're not, you're not going to be on the field. You're not going to be on the field. Part of that also is what are they learning on the field <laughs> this spring as well? How does all that stuff kind of translate to what they're learning this spring? One more time, here from Amari Bernie and Trey Dean. Oh, man, the structure of the spring ball, uh, what we're doing out there on the field. I don't know how many stations we got, but every time that whistle blows, you go into a new station and you better be ready to work. It's really not like downtime. You're not waiting 
no downtime. We got two different groups going at the same time, so you ain't getting no breaks out there, and I love yeah. it. I mean, we're going to be aggressive every play we out there. Uh, mm -hmm. 11 guys to the ball. Nobody not slack. I mean, if you see somebody slacking, guess what? They off the field. We get another guy in there to go in there and be aggressive. It's not necessarily your athletic ability, you know, knowing what's going to come before the play even start. So, you know, there's a lot of film study, you know, Coach Napier is big on if, if I'm giving 110% on the field, you should do 100% 10% off the field. So, you know, just watching film, film breakdown, offense, different sets, it, uh, it's going to help me, you know, have a lot of instincts to make the play before I make the play. There you go. You heard about learning and go to be able to play fast. And Mark Brady said, look, we're playing aggressive. The only way they're going to be able to play aggressive is going back to Tradine's point of film. I want to watch the film. Go know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, you're going to go play a lot faster. Uh, so and, and I love Mar Bernie's things. Hey, there's stations everywhere uh, at spring practice. And that's one thing we have heard and seen at, at spring practice so far. There's something going on all the time. No wasted reps. The, the, the reps are uh, happening fast and furious. You go from one station, you go from one station to the other. And no wasted opportunities. No wasted reps. No lollygagging. No, uh, no, no taking time off. And I go back to – uh, Billy Napier in the episode we had about him a few weeks ago when we were detailing his offense and detailing his practice structure. Look, we're going to do this until you get it right. And there's no timed necessarily uh, parts of, uh, of spring. It's all about reps, doing the reps the right way. Couldn't ask for more right now than what this team needs to, to, to have in, in, in turnaround. So, it's about your know, structure. It's about discipline on, off the field. That's what Florida's getting right now. Sounds good so far, right? Sounds good so far. Of course, all words, and we can sit here and analyze it as much as we want to. We got to see results. We got to see results, of course, but it can, can make you feel better that is at least different. Hopefully, these results pay off. Hopefully, these differences pay off. Uh, but I think we, I think we can feel pretty good. And look, I, I, yes, I, I'll admit it's orange and blue glasses. There's a lot of hope in this involved as well. Uh, but this was part of Billy Napier's reputation, part of the reason he got the job. This is supposed to be the part that pays off. I think that's where you can feel hopeful. All right, there we go. Hearing from Patrick Tony, hearing from, hearing from Amari Bernie, Trey Dean, those veterans coming back, hopefully making a big difference in the turnaround for this Florida team, specifically this Florida defense. Few practice notes Kind of, kind of combining the first couple of days that we have seen so far. Florida practice Tuesday, Florida practice Thursday, Florida will practice again on Saturday. Uh, but here we go, kind of so far, quarterbacks look better in day two, as you would expect in day one, specifically Anthony Richardson. Slower start with him being limited. We know he had that knee surgery, not able to throw as much as he wants to because uh, he needed to rehab, needed to rest that knee uh, and, and rehab it and make sure he's really fully, as close as, close as he can be to fully ready to go this spring. So, yeah, of course, he's probably going to start out a little inconsistent, not able to throw the ball in the offseason as much as he'd probably like to, uh, but making some big-time throws. Better – making the bigger throws, the more, quote-unquote, NFL-type throws, the big game throws, that's where these the type of throws in this quarterback battle, they're coming from Richardson there. So just got to get that consistent level right there. But it's pretty clear right now that it's Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones leading the quarterback battle. I think we kind of expected that probably early on. Both of those guys experienced from last year being on this team. Probably still lean that way to start with. We'll see if Jack Miller 
We'll see if Carlos Del Rio Wilson. We'll see if Jalen Kitna can make it more of a battle as spring practice goes on. But right now, it is a clear separation of Anthony Richardson and Emory Jones. Demarcus Bowman seems to be the hot name so far at <laughs> the running back position. Probably not a surprise to so many people out there, but the way Billy Napier likes to run the ball, you got this five-star running back that was highly regarded. Just a couple of years ago, Demarcus Bowman turning heads out there so far in spring practice. Also, five-star cornerback Jason Marshall, clear. We wondered, because as I said, go back to the last episode, and right before the media session ended, Florida rolled out their DBs, and Jason Marshall wasn't necessarily out there. Told you not to worry about that. It's clear he is cornerback number one right now. We don't like I said. I don't know what the case was. Don't take too much from practice one if he wasn't out there with the quote unquote what we thought might be starters for that first uh, defensive back group that was out there uh, and Pascal is in, but not Jason Marshall, cornerback number one. If I'm just going to guess, staff. Okay, I think we might know what we have in Jason Marshall. Let's see where, where Avery Helm is. Let's see where Jaden Hill is uh, in this combination. That's just me guessing. I, I don't know right there, but. Looking around, asking around, Jason Marshall, he's cornerback one. That cornerback bat, cornerback number two battle that we've been talking about, that's the competition there opposite Jason Marshall. Florida's going to have two good cornerbacks, two starting, two good starting cornerbacks there led by Jason Marshall. The one black linebacker looks like he's found a home there. Like Linebacker, very instinctual position. Looks like he's coming around on that there. Very athletic. I mean, if we know about DeWan Black's athleticism, uh, that's one of the things when you go back to recruiting and his profile and you wonder where he would fit. We would wonder where he would fit because he was so athletic. Looks like right now, finding a home there at linebacker. Look, Ventura Miller's not practicing right now. Um, trying to maybe get more word on that. They don't really share a whole lot of injury news uh, there. I think we can just kind of assume maybe taking it safe while he still maybe rehabs from that injury a bit. But we've seen him in all the uh, social media videos Florida puts out. He's with the team. He's been in these workouts, of course, as well. Uh, not on the field right now. Uh, so we'll see how that – that's, one. I think, one thing we'll want to keep an eye on uh, as this spring progresses is where Ventura Miller maybe gets on the field. Do we see him eventually in the spring game or not? Are they playing precaution with Ventura Miller? But the one black – Right now, the one turning heads at a linebacker position. We'll move up front a little bit to hearing good things about Desmond Watson, Jalen Lee, as the guys heard at, earlier this week when, was, when Will and Nick Newson and I previewed the Florida defense and the position battles this spring. Who's going to line up beside Jervon Dexter? Who's going to give Jervon Dexter some depth? Looks like Watson, looks like Lee, two guys that you can look for at that defensive tackle position lining up with Jervon Dexter. All right, there you go. Getting you caught up on practice just a little bit, as I said. One more time, kind of rotation is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for the Gators this spring. Speaking of spring, before we talk a little bit of recruiting and the visits, if you missed it, hot-button topic that came out on Thursday, spring game. Moved from Saturday, April 16th, 1 p.m., to now Thursday night, April 14th. A couple days ahead, or a couple days before it was originally scheduled, and I know rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because you've already made plans. And about a, you know, Florida announced this about a month ago. A month later, after everybody made plans, booked some hotels, um, now Florida decides – 
about a month before the spring game to move it from Saturday to Thursday. A lot of people already had plans. I know Harmonic Woods, everybody I tailgate with already had plans of coming in that spring, that, that spring game Saturday, Easter weekend, of course. One reason probably why it's moved on. Another reason, Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, a lot of other schools had their spring games already uh, announced for April 16th as well. Now, not overall, not a huge deal, but I do think the timing is a little off with this. Uh, I get why you movement, why you're, why you're moving it. The reasons that have been shared. First of all, recruiting. You're not having to share recruits who may be going to Alabama on that Saturday. Who may be going to Georgia on that Saturday. Well, now if they're freed up, we've, Go back a month ago. We talked about this Florida recruiting class in the class of 2023 and how loaded the state of Florida is all within driving distance. You hope now you do hope. I mean, Thursday is going to be a little difficult to make too, especially if these kids go to school on, on, on Thursday. Have to, if it's a three, four hour drive, have to get out of school, have to get the games in a hurry. Hopefully the, at least getting them, getting them on campus is better than not. Now the swamp won't be anywhere near as full. I don't think, Maybe if you had originally planned it for this Thursday, you probably have a bigger crowd. But now changing it, I think it will hit the crowd a little bit. I've been told people – most people have told me now they can't come. I've had, had a few people tell me, okay, now I can come because it's on Thursday. People would have been traveling for Easter. And especially one more reason for this, the students. And it's going to go as far as you know, filling the stands up as well to go along with this. Well, the students would be off on Friday for Good Friday before Easter – Billy Napier is saying, okay, well, we do this Thursday night. Students can stick around for a few more hours, go to spring game, have a little fun. Uh, There's a lot of student engagement there. So basically the main reasons you can take out of this, no competition on that Saturday, April 16th anymore. That relates to recruiting a bit. You can have recruits on campus now. Florida, we'll see what happens right now. It's still only scheduled to be on SEC Network+. Plus. So not really right now looking like a TV reason to do it. We'll see what SEC Network does. They probably already have SEC baseball scheduled that Thursday night. So we'll maybe see what happens. Maybe the SEC Network alternate channel will carry the Florida spring game, or maybe they can move the baseball game to that. I would think the ratings for the uh, spring game would be much better there for Florida over a baseball game. But that's just me guessing uh, right now. But the reasons, of course, recruiting, not as much competition for that April 16th date and maybe trying to get the students more involved as well before they head home for Easter. So big news there, of course, if you missed it, I doubt you missed it there, but Florida moving the spring game from Saturday, April 16th, 1 o'clock to April 14th, 7.30 p.m. All right, there we go. Talked about that (laughs) being part of recruiting and Florida hosting visitors this weekend. Before we talk about that, something a little bit related right there. Talking about recruiting, name, image, and likeness is going to be a big part of recruiting. And college programs must be competitive in that name, image, and likeness market. It impacts current athletes. It affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans could put Florida at the forefront of name, image, and likeness With the Gator Collective, the Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events, which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. Name, image, and likeness will change the landscape of college sports 
We can't be left behind in this talent acquisition business. Name, image, and likeness will play a huge role in Florida returning to the elite status of college football. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today. Link is in the description for you to join the Gator Collective. All right, big names, big names on campus for Florida this weekend. Starting on Friday, five-star quarterback Dante Moore, five-star running back Richard Young. Maybe Florida can make some headway there. Going to be very difficult there. Richard Young, I think we all kind of think that he's leaning toward Alabama right there, but maybe him visiting Florida puts Florida squarely in the battle, can change some minds there, get it trending towards Florida just a bit. Going to be difficult, but something you look out for. Five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown. We talked about him uh, a few weeks ago. Speedster there out of South Florida. You hope Florida can get in for some big-time playmakers at the wide receiver position, starting right there with Jalen Brown. Four-star Ruben Bain also on campus. Uh, go through the list here. A lot of offensive linemen. Four-star offensive tackle Wilkin Formby. Four-star offensive tackle Monroe Freeling as well. Four-star cornerback Antoine Jackson, 24 recruit. Uh, when you look at it right there. But talking about cornerbacks, we move to Saturday. Big, big names. A.J. Harris, five-star cornerback, will be on campus. Can Florida get him to commit? He's said he wants to commit not too long into the process. Let's go. Go seal this one up. Go seal this one up, Gators. Go get that five-star cornerback, A.J. Harris. Five-star cornerback, Kermani McLean, also on campus. He'll be visiting Saturday and Sunday. Everybody knows the storyline there. Has some relationships. His coach, coach under Billy Napier at Louisiana. There may be a little inroad right there. But Florida, hopefully, with Kermani McLean on campus, can make that one where it's trending in the Florida's direction. McLean, Harris, find a way. Find a way to get those two guys right there. See, five-star offensive lineman Roderick Kearney from Orange Park right down the road from where I'm at in Jacksonville. Notice, getting noticed more and more. Maybe Florida can – a lot of people thinking Florida State may be trending right there. He'll be on campus visiting. Maybe Florida can make some hayway there. Four-star wide receiver Dequavius Sori. That's a decommit from Georgia. See if Florida can make some headway there as well. March 20th, running back Cedric Baxter. Mention Young visiting. A lot of people think Baxter, like him, a good bit. Maybe Florida make headway there. Four-star running back Cedric Baxter. If you ask around, talk around, Florida feels really good about that. He said, I believe he was one who said Florida's been his best visit ever so far. So the deal there, too. This, one, you know, this weekend here, Maybe if Florida can blow a couple of these big guys away, maybe, maybe opens the opens the floodgates for recruiting a bit. But AJ Harris, Kermani McLean, Cedric Baxter, those are, are players that we kind of pinpointed early on that Florida really, really needs to you know, try and, and, and knock the home run right there, getting those players. So there's your visits for this coming up weekend. We'll cover that visits, how those visits went. Hopefully we get to cover a commit. Hopefully I get to tweet out sometime soon, hey, we got to commit. A lot of talent coming on Florida's campus this weekend. 
But all right, there we go. That would do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Fast and Furious with recruiting. Fast and Furious, of course, with spring practice. Hope you all enjoyed the episode. Enjoy those sound bites. Hearing from Patrick Tony. Hearing from Trey Dean. Hearing from Amari Bernie. I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown. <laughs>